My name is Kyle Harrison, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Hans Driver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Brock Cadell score. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kyle Yelmiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Harrison fires and scores. Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Today we are lucky enough to be joined by a 2005 Touraton winner, a national champion, current midfielder with the Redwoods Lacrosse Club, and the PLL and lacrosse icon Kyle Harrison. Kyle, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, we appreciate you joining us, so we're going to talk a little bit about your illustrious career, but uh, before we do, we kind of want to get into a little bit um, of your father, Miles Harrison. Uh, he Father's Day is coming up, so uh, we wanted to kind of bring recognition to him. Uh, he attended Morgan State and was a member of the famous 10 Bears team. Um, how did your father's career influence your decision to eventually play lacrosse? My, my father's career is the reason I played lacrosse, right? So for me, I um, lacrosse growing up was the the third on the totem pole, it was always basketball, soccer, lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my dad never pushed it on me. And so I just, I just didn't gravitate towards it. And so uh, I didn't really start falling in love with lacrosse, taking it seriously. And like, it didn't become my sport until like my junior year of high school uh, when I got old enough to understand my dad's story and what they did mm-hmm. at Morgan. Um, and then I wanted to be a lacrosse player. Right. So like without him, there would have been no reason to, to pursue it. Um, like up until literally like mid junior year, late junior year, I, I was convinced I was playing basketball or soccer in college and, mm-hmm. uh, and lacrosse would, would end there. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, it didn't, uh, and you continued, uh, well, you played at friends school a little bit uh, and then you went yeah. to Hopkins where you played under coach Dave Petromala and uh, won a national championship in the tour time in 2005, your senior year. Uh, how did your game progress during your time at Hopkins? Uh, so, you know, I think my my best friend and I, Benson Earl, we both went to Friends and then went to Hopkins together. And I think we, uh, the coaching style and the playing style at Friends really benefited us when we got to Hopkins. I think what you see, especially now with kids that play so much club ball and play with so many high-level coaches, like they come in uh, to college with like so many different schemes and, and different ways of playing. And sometimes it's great because their IQ mm-hmm. is super high, but then sometimes you have to like reteach them everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at Friends, we just didn't have that, right? It was like a, a very laid back school from, from a sports perspective. Like we were all in the band, we were all in the chorus um, and we loved competing on the lacrosse field, but like it wasn't any crazy high level schemes. And so I think when we got there, we just like started learning, like subbing through the midfield. I'm telling you right now, our first fall practice, I remember like, Coach called us to, to sub in a scrimmage, and everybody starts sprinting to the midfield line. Me and Benjamin look at each other like, yo, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> like, who? why would you ever run to the midfield line? Like, why wouldn't you just run to the box, you know? And, like, so there were just, like, little nuanced stuff that we didn't know. So I think mm-hmm. when I got to Hopkins, um, I was improving really rapidly, man, because the high-level coaching, high-level playing, and just, like, the fact that I was just a blank slate. I just had the opportunity to – I mean, I had great leaders, Adam Doniger, uh, PJ DeConza, Nick Murtha, um, Matt Hanna – Kevin Boland, Connor Ford, Corey Hart. I could go on for, forever, but I had great folks in front of me that really taught me the right way to do things. And then, you know, it all culminated uh, in that, that undefeated senior year. That's awesome. Um, I, I know we, we can talk about, talk about hop all day, right? But I'm, I, so I, I work in higher ed and I'm curious, I visit all, I'm, I'm in Towson, so I visit all the cool. Baltimore schools. Uh, did you go to 
friends for K to 12, like uh, the whole time. Oh yeah. Okay. I was there the whole time. Uh, that's yeah. like, it's one of my favorite schools to visit. I just like, I, I think it's the Quaker thing just takes yeah. the holistic approach and everything. But uh, yeah. I guess since you went there the whole time, how did your parents kind of decide that was the school? Cause I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I coach at BL, right. And the, yep. there's pockets of different mm -hmm. types of schools and that they're just, I think they stick out in terms, they're like an anomaly, right? They're a little bit different than the rest yeah. of the normal Baltimore yep. schools. Yeah, no, you're right on it, man. So I think for, for me, my sister went to Friends and she's six okay. years older. So okay. it was literally just like convenient for my parents to drop right. us both all at the same spot. And then uh, like eighth grade is when like all the different schools, St. Paul's, Gilman, you know, I, I visited everywhere mm -hmm. uh, before going into high school. Um, and it was like partially because we were trying to decide like, do I need to be in a more competitive sports environment? Sure. And then secondly, and equally as important, like, do I need to be, if I'm going to get recruited, do I need to be at these schools? I'm mm -hmm. like, ultimately, man, where we landed is like, if I'm as good as we're hoping I am, like, I'm going to get recruited. And then like, secondly, and more importantly, like, I love this place. Like my, these yeah. are the people I've been together with since kindergarten, like yeah. the 67 people I graduated with, whatever. I was like. 63 of them I've been with for 13 years. So like, I'm not leaving now. Sure. Um, and so, like, man, it was a dope experience. And I yeah. talked about this in an interview a couple of days ago. Like, what I loved about our team at Friends, specifically our senior year, is because, like, outside of me, Ben who came to Hopkins, Dan Sale, who went to Yale, Evan Kay, who ended up at uh, UMBC, and, like, a few other guys that, that maybe played somewhere at a D3 level. Uh, it was like a bunch of random cats yeah. that like mm -hmm. were in the choir and then would have to like leave practice early to go to do their acting class. And it was just like, we had to like figure out how to rely on each other right. and like bring the best out of each other to win games. Oh. And, uh, you know, junior year, we got pumped in the A conference. Uh, and then senior year, like we came back and we beat Calvert Hall a couple of times. We beat St. Mary's and like, we just like, obviously weren't in the playoffs or anything like that, but like that was a big step for us. Sure. So, mm -hmm. man, I love my time there. Wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, it's a good spot. It's a really good spot. I love it. It is. And then yep. um, kind of going back to the hop side of things, obviously mm -hmm. uh, you died, You decided to stay home, right? You're, you're, you were close. Your, your folks could come to your games and whatnot. And what, where did, what really went into that kind of final decision yeah. to, to make it hop? I know it's a big decision. Yeah, so. yeah no, for sure. So I think um, – I'm a, I am a family oriented person just by nature. And so, you know, I looked at I'm trying to think of what my list was. It was like Maryland was on it. Cause my, uh, my God brother was playing hoops there at the time. Mm -hmm. I think UVA, U so the, the two were UNC and Hopkins. Like that's UNC because of Jordan. Uh, mm -hmm. and then Hopkins because it's down the street, like Benson Irwin, the guy I've referenced a couple of times, he literally, yeah. uh, grew up like his house where I spent, you know, half my childhood is like a block and a half from Hopkins. So like literally, if you wind up hard enough, you can get a ball to Homewood Field from, from his porch. Um, and so like it came down, man, to like my family can watch me every game I play. Um, I can like, if I need to go home, I can. Like this is very familiar, I think. Look, man, I think uh, without, without getting too deep here, like I think when you're a black player in a white sport, um, you want some sort of familiarity. And like mm -hmm. the thought of like going down the UVA, I was like, hmm. No, like, I don't know if that's yeah. it. Like, going to UNC is dope as that is. I got family there. Like, Jordan went there. Like, that's still, like, taking a step out. Whereas Hopkins is, like, eh. I'm, like, literally three miles from where I went to high school. Yeah. You know, so, like, it was just convenient. Yeah. Um, I was really able to thrive, man. Like, it was it was a good situation for me. That's awesome. Still got to wear those powder blues, too. You, you got to keep yeah. them, at least, right? Yep, exactly. I was, cl I was close enough. Close awesome. enough. No, that's awesome. And transitioning from Hopkins, you know, you get that championship your senior year. You get drafted by the New Jersey Pride in the MLL. 
Uh, you spent a few seasons there. And then we kind of want to go into the LXM Pro Tour um, because that was kind of a big step for lacrosse then. Um, and you were a part of that with the Ritz Brothers uh, as well as with... Um, yep, exactly. So, so talk to us a little bit about your decision to kind of branch out and start that LXM Pro Tour. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So what happened, why we started that tour was basically... I was moving out to LA either way, um, mm -hmm. but we like we just like were able to have a trade happen. That I got traded. Me and Brett Hughes got traded from New Jersey out to LA, so we moved. A bunch of guys were out there, San Francisco, LA, up and down the coast, and um, and then those two teams folded, mm -hmm. and we were like, bruh. So now we gotta like <laughs> fly all the way back every time we want to play. So we started talking, and you know the the concept at the time, the equipment pool and the MLL was closed. Uh, so like I was a Nike and STX guy but mm -hmm. couldn't even wear my own equipment to play professionally. So mm -hmm. there was a bunch of dudes out there like that. And then, you know, me, Scott, Xander, Max, and Craig sat down and, like, started talking it through. And, and ultimately, it was like, oh, well, wait, we got a ton of pro guys out here, one. Two, all of them have different sponsors than the sponsor of the league. And so mm -hmm. those other sponsors are probably looking to spend cash somewhere and have a footprint at the pro level. But let's start this thing and see if we can get champion maverick stx all the all the equipment manufacturers at the time weren't allowed in the mll mm -hmm. uh, and so that's what it was born out of and i think you know being in la as long as we were like obviously we kind of felt like we had a, our pulse in the entertainment industry and what would be interesting to drive tickets and so that's where the music part came from mm -hmm. uh which was i don't want to say a miss uh it just added like a layer of like headache yeah, um, man, something yeah, that like you know, like because if you remember back, I mean, we had like Wale, a couple Wale, times. yeah, yeah. Like we had like real people, and that's like a, it's like an undertaking in itself to do that and then a lacrosse game. So I think, you know, for for me personally, uh, I, I could talk about LSM forever, but I think that when when I think about the success of what it did, like I left the MLL, yep. having to wear competitors' gear, I came back three years later wearing my own equipment, right? And mm -hmm. so like for me. And I'm not saying LXM caused them to open up the equipment pool. Like you'd have to ask them why they opened it up. But what it did was it did allow us to come back wearing our own gear. And now I'm more valuable to the people that sponsored me. Right. And all of a sudden Absolutely. you're able to turn more sponsorship dollars and create more revenue for yourself. So LXM, you know, people have asked me like, was it a failure? It's like, no, like it, it served its purpose. Right. And yeah. I think um, we uh, ultimately, I think if, if when we, when we went with adrenaline and partnered there, and then we, we finally started putting the games, in the middle of the tournament, like it, it was great. Good crowds. We stopped yeah. the tournament for a few hours and played the game. I think ultimately if we would have continued it, we would have had to look into expansion, right? Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't just keep two teams traveling. Yeah. Um, and so like, but as far as this, like my mind, it was a success. Like it served its purpose. I came back to the, to the professional league wearing my own equipment and being able to generate more revenue from a sponsorship perspective. Yeah. That's awesome. You brought up uh, Wale. That adds like a dagger to my heart. Cause so I'm from Delco. My dad okay. actually taught Xander in third grade, I think. So I was so <laughs> excited to, to, that you guys were coming to Philly. And yep. my parents scheduled our family vacation for that August. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I, like, begged my parents, right? I begged my parents to change yeah. the all I, all I wanted to see were – I was a goalie. So all I wanted to see was Harry Alford because I tried yep. to see him stick like him. Alex yep. was, like, the only lefty uh, – mm -hmm. like, in the pro ranks at the time. I'm like, I just mm -hmm. want to go so bad. Then I, yeah. so 
we don't change it. All I can do is go to lax.com back in the day when like that was the only spot with like, yep, you can find stuff. Yep. There, yeah. videos, you can just look at the pictures and all I see is like Wale, LeVar Harrington was there, right? Like Randy. Uh-huh, it was turnt. It was turnt. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm, I'm like so salty to this day. <laughs> that, that I was, uh, I was pretty bummed. Not going to lie. Kinda. It was turnt, man. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, man, we had so much fun building that business and we were so young. Like yeah. Scott was great. You know, we all, I think if we, if we would have rolled it out, you know, a couple of years later, uh, maybe, maybe it would still be around. You never know. But it was, uh, I mean, obviously PLL is, is LXM on steroids, right? Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. I think it's not, you can't even put them in the same sentence. This is just a different business, bigger, yeah. um, more well thought out, but, but LXM was fun. Yeah, I uh, to this day I still every once in a while go on like sideline swap and do LXM six ten to see if I yeah. <laughs> see if you can find something. <laughs> I'll I'll look in storage see if I can find something for you. There we go. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and you mentioned you know you did go back to the MLL and you got that championship with the Ohio Machine. Um, talk to us a little bit about you know returning to that league, that team that you guys had that you know lost in the championship and then won the following year. Um, and you, I, I believe that was probably your first experience, you know, working with coach Nat St. Laurent, who's now your head coach with the Redwoods. So talk about yeah. too, how, um, his, your relationship with him kind of grew from that moment as well. Yeah, no, great, great question. So we, uh, that Ohio team, man, I mean, we still have like a text chain together. Um, we always talk like we should have won a couple more, you know, mm-hmm. like we were so close and even that one we had lost the year before, I want to say we were up by like 11. I don't even know how we. To this day, I can't figure out how we lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great group, man. It was uh, for me coming back to the MLO. Obviously, there was a lot of a lot of uh, anxiety and, and trying to figure out like this is going to be weird or coming back. But I landed, I landed on a young team that like needed some sort of like veteran leader. And you know, I wasn't back alone. I was with Pete. Uh, you know, Peter, mom, obviously a close mm-hmm. friend, played in the LXM. I know Pete since he was like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was coming from the LXM back to PLL together, like that was kind of a comfort, right? Like I had a, a built-in relationship already existing. And then when you get there and you meet Marcus and Steele and Raj, who I knew, like it just, it just worked, right? And mm-hmm. you got Neek, Neek talking trash to literally everyone, like even even the, the damn water boys getting it from Neek. Um, but we just had a great thing going, man. And uh, that championship run was, was a ton of fun just because of, of what had happened the year before, right? My first year there, they had never made the playoffs before we go on a run and we make the playoffs. So everybody's stoked about that. The next year, I think we lost it to Rochester in the semis. Next year, um, we, did we, yeah, next year we get back. We get back and we go, we are, now we're good. We go to the championship. Uh, we lose championship. The next year we come back and we win it, right? So it was like a really cool progression to be a part of uh, for that organization. It's something I'm super proud of. And, you know, you, you chase championships as an athlete. That's like what we do, right? So it was cool to finally get there. And that was a long time coming. Uh, and then as far as Matt goes, like, I think what Nat did that was so special, man, is like that team, uh, what made that team go was the chemistry, like between the coaches and the players. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I think at the pro level, everybody's good, right? You're not going to find bad players. Everybody can ball. Um, and so the, like, the next level is like the relationships and chemistry on the team, like how you guys get along and stuff goes south, like who steps up, the people get after each other, all that stuff. And uh, so we had, we had Coach Mariano who was there. Uh, and he did a great job with, mm-hmm. with the with the defense. And then he took the Bay – was he the – Florida. Florida. He probably took the oh, Florida job Florida, at, that, yeah. at that point. Yeah. He took the Florida head coaching job. And so when Coach uh, – when Bear told us that uh, Coach Nat was coming, like I had heard of Coach Nat, but I didn't know him. 
men and he, he when he got there it was like he'd been there all along like he just mm -hmm. like instantly instantly was the leader and everybody respected him and he had the camaraderie with the dudes and you respected how hard he worked um but then at the same time how he could turn it off when you guys just hanging out like he just has that thing that like elite coaches have you know that like they can get after you on the field but then when you like in the lunchroom or you're in the and you're in the team bus like he's joking he's poking mm -hmm. like it's just yeah. it's tough to find man and, and look that that thing at the pro level that like separates things it does yeah. like every, mm -hmm. everybody's talented right like it's that next level that uh that separates things so having the opportunity to play for him uh in the pll is uh you know I, i've as a black man i've always wanted to play for a black coach mm -hmm. i've only got to do it once um that was with brian silcott in new jersey um he was only our coach for a year and then i want to say I, that trade happened to la maybe or something mm -hmm. like that but i only got to play for him for a year and so like playing for nat's pretty special awesome and let's dive into the pll a little bit you know you talk yeah. about how it's kind of like it's not like the lxm but it's almost that on steroids right and yeah yep. one of our contributors uh dan arestia about like year one and how every week was an absolute sprint but at the same time it really energized you so kind of talk about last year i know that's an open-ended question but kind of <laughs> what the experience for you as, yeah it's kind of you're, you're on kind of both sides, right? You're, you're building yeah. something, but preparing to be on the field. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's tough, right? Like, I mean, I'm not the only body, only person managing it. You know, Paul's doing the same thing. Tom's yeah. doing the same thing. It is, uh, but it's tough. It was last year was crazy. Uh, it was a whirlwind just because, you know, we, we started it a couple years prior and we're working on it. And like, it, it's crazy when you get to be like, again, we talked about earlier, Alex, was a, it was awesome, cool idea. Uh, some of the most fun years of my life. Uh, but in terms of scale, like significantly smaller sure. than the PLL, right? Mm -hmm. And so like this one, why this one's so crazy is like, I mean, I remember me and this, my initial conversation was with Paul at the lacrosse convention, like 2018 maybe. Uh, and like, we're sitting down and Paul and I at the time, like remained friends yeah. uh, and close, but like lived on different coasts. Uh, all of our sponsors like compete with each other. So there's no time yeah. we're like ever actually going to work together. Yeah. Um, play together on team USA, but like that's kind of our only real time that we got to spend together. So we all, we had this habit of like being like, yo, we're both in Philly. Let's make sure we grab dinner. Like we're both here. Let's make sure. And it just never happened. Like yeah. somebody would, somebody get pulled in a different direction. Never happened. So like at the convention, he's like, yo, I, I, lock this in your calendar breakfast. Like the, what's the iron rooster 8am Saturday, like lock that in. We have to do it. It's like, all right, bet. So we go, we sit down, and he's, like, rolling out the idea. And I'm, like, you know, obviously excited about, it, like, done, I'm in. But then you fast forward to, like, what actually happened. And it's, like, a real pro league on NBC and with all mm. these incredible sponsors. And it was, it was just crazy to watch it go from then an idea to, like, this massive thing. And obviously there's a ton of work left to do. Um, and we're still building every day, and it's still really exciting. But, but for me, last year – it was when I look back at it uh, and strip away all the stressful stuff, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I land on the like pretty, pretty special to get to watch something go from an idea uh, between two brothers uh, to turn into this. I have to say the, the fact that you this started at Iron Rooster, which I didn't know, which is my, one of my spots. I love <laughs> that, that, like legitimizes the PLL a little bit more. <laughs> I, Adam, did some of people go to Iron Rooster after your wedding? I think I went yeah. to Iron Rooster after because it was right around the corner from the hotel, it's right? so good breakfast. Oh, breath. yeah. It's which, like farm which, to table, right? Which one are you talking about? The one downtown? I'm not sure. I, I went to one of them. Out. I don't think mine was downtown, though. Yeah, yeah, you probably I, went to the one out in, like, Hunt Valley. Okay. That's exactly where that's I went. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. where you were staying, Hunt. 
Yeah. Yeah, you went to one hundred Valley. Yeah, no, so Paul and Mike had already like baked up the idea and he just kept being like, Yo, we have to talk, we have to talk, we have to talk and then we sat down and that was it. Iron Brewster. That's before he went vegan, right? Probably. So he <laughs> No, I feel like I he ate a couple like grapes and that was it at the table. I'm, <laughs> I'm ha- hammering a Belgian waffle. There we go. That's funny. And to go to the like the lacrosse side of things, you know, you guys had a, a great year with the Redwoods. It fortunately fell short. Um, in that championship in overtime, I hate to bring up old wounds, but how has that motivated you for this year two of the PLL and going into this PLL championship series in Utah? Look, man, we're we're excited. I am, and maybe because I'm old, um, I don't like dwell on things. You can't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I'm not a dude that like lets a loss consume me. Uh, I would have liked to win, right? Like we were right there, and and honestly, that one sucked because I actually thought we were going to win that one, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned so quickly. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I was upset for, for a week or two and, and then you let it motivate you and, and you go back at it. But I think, you know, I heard Brody Merrill say something the other day, uh, when somebody was talking about his age, he's like, you know, I'm on borrowed, borrowed time at this point playing. Uh, and it's the truth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, I think Brody, if I'm, if I just turn, I think Brody may be 38, I'm 37. Like I get that, like the, the end is near. And so like, I just enjoy playing. You know, last year I shot it terribly, couldn't get in the shooting rhythm. Um, so been shooting a ton in the off season, obviously get back to that, but I don't, I don't just like a loss. I don't dwell on that either. It's, mm-hmm. it's what it is. It's part of it. Um, and so championship series, I think we're built for it, right? Like we got a good crew at the defense. We, we have enough depth at the midfield of guys that can kind of both go both ways. The attackmen obviously can, can go to the hoop. They can finish the ball. They can play off ball. So I, I think we're built uh, to have a chance here come, coming up in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, look, it's a tournament, and it's it's one of these things that, like, unprecedented, right? At, nobody's had gyms. Nobody's had anything to do. Yeah. Like, nobody can yeah. really – I went – I literally – so STX has been closed, which is where I used to shoot on the turf. And so I have, like, a community college around the way that, that has goals up, and it's, like, no backup. So, like, it's not that much fun. So I'm not walking 50 <laughs> yards. And like, I'm good. Uh, and so, like, I went around yesterday trying to find a field, and, like, every field, it shut down still like goals locked up and I'm sure so everybody's dealing with the same thing you know so I'll be interested to see as you get there you know those three days of training camp that we have are going to be crazy important to like mm-hmm. not only put in schemes like uh, that's important but like just to get your stick in your hands and dodge each other and get checked and like all the things that like you need to do to prepare to play because we can't do it right now you can try your best right you can train you can work out you can lift like we turned one of our guest rooms into a gym so, like I got some weights but like you can't mimic dodging and having somebody cross-check the hell out of you. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that on my own. I can't have my son do that to me. Uh, <laughs> so just trying to figure out and, and make sure we get there and, and make sure that training camp is taken seriously. No, that's great. We're excited for it. We're excited to watch it on NBC this summer. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit, too. You know, you are the uh, head of player relations and diversity and inclusion. You also manage the PLL assists. Um, you know, going on with what's going on with our country, with all the protests about systemic racism in the country, I think, you know, you've been a really strong voice, um, on how we as in the lacrosse community and just in general can be more inclusive. You know, you had that podcast with, with Paul. Um, I just read your letter too, that, uh, you wrote with your father on us lacrosse magazine, that article. Um, and I thought that was again, you know, just really raw. And I think, you know, again, hearing your perspective, because, you know, I don't have that experience that you do. Um, just how can we be more inclusive in the lacrosse community? How can we kind of stand up for our fellow black athletes and athletes of, yeah. you know, any race? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, so I think for, for now, 
It's about conversations, uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations, and just getting an understanding of how your black teammates may feel. Like that, that's really it, right? Like I think there's obviously a more macro conversation to be had with, to your point earlier, systematic racism, as you mentioned. Uh, I know people are talking about legislate, legislation and how to change that, voting, all, all the different things. But like, I think strip all that away for right now, the focus as a lacrosse community, let's have some difficult conversations with our black teammates uh, and, and just get a better feel, right, man? Because ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, I'd strongly encourage Kevin Red Jules' thing, read his thing, Trevor's put something out, Dane Smith just put something out. Like, the experience as a black player, man, it is, uh, it's not like the, the overt racism stuff, like the, the obvious, like, that guy's racist. Yeah. Uh, it's more mm-hmm. of the microaggressions that, are, like, just build up over time, and it just mm-hmm. is exhausting. Uh, and so... That's where it starts, man. Starts with conversation. Starts with I. I am. I'm a believer that people are good uh, until they mm. prove me otherwise. Um, and so, like, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And if someone says something that's insensitive, rather than be angry and and go at them in a hateful way, I'd much rather just have a conversation and explain why this was offensive, mm. uh, and and let let the conversation go from there. Right. I think the last thing I'd say is I'd encourage folks to study and read about racism in america mm-hmm. and just the black experience in america over history not right now right because i get that like different times people have different opinions on what's happening currently so like let's just put that on hold for now i want you to be the history of racism in mm-hmm. our country uh and blacks in america understand our history and i think once you understand that it might give you more of an insight to how like why black people feel the way they do currently mm-hmm. right like understand how it started and where we are now and then you know because i feel like some of the things I've seen, some of the comments I've heard, people are getting so wrapped up and not getting like the anger or why folks feel the way they feel at the moment. Um, and then, you know, people throw data out, like just hold on the data for a little bit, mm-hmm. hold on all that, like do, do some history, learn, yeah. have conversations and let's move forward. Yeah, no, I think it, you, you put it really aptly in your article too. Like don't just DM somebody, like reach out, have a phone call, have a conversation. Um, and that's kind of how we're going to, you know, kind of get beyond this and kind of, you know, improve our society and our sport too. Because I think something that hit home with me when I was reading your article is when people ask you if you want your children to play the sport, you say to be determined right now, you know? And so yeah. I, I guess what is it going to take, like, what is the PLL, I guess, too doing? And what, what do you think we need to do to kind of make that answer be a yes, you know, down the road? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm, that's a great question. I think I'm still figuring it out, man. Like I, um, I don't, I don't know. I think for, for me, I've, I've been so lucky. I like, I, I hate when I get in these discussions and it almost comes across like it's been so hard for me because it really hasn't. My dad mm-hmm. played, um, which was why I played because I had a role model down the hallway from me. And then I went to friends as we talked about, which was like this really inclusive Quaker school that like, yes, we, we, we accepted each other. We noticed that I was a different color or you were a different color, but we accepted each other for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there was, you know, we were great. No issues there. I got to Hopkins right in Baltimore, right at home base. So like obviously a, a, a well-established black community here in Baltimore city. Right. So I like, mm-hmm. didn't feel out of place and then became a pro and got to really chase this thing. So like the microaggressions over time certainly were frustrating and are tough to deal with when you think back to it. But like generally speaking, my situation was pretty good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it worked out. And then not to mention, like I've had some success on the field, but mm-hmm. like then it, then it even got even easier for me. So like the thought that like my nephew plays in DC and gets called the N-bomb often has a team of kids. Every time they go to a field, there's some sort of altercation and he, somebody says something and something gets set off. And it's just like, 
man, do I, do I want my, my, and my kids are two mixed kids. Like, do I want my kids dealing with this nonsense? Or like, do I want them to go play soccer or, or basketball or something that like, this isn't a constant conversation. Cause what I will say is like this sport, uh, I feel like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I feel like this specific conversation has been going on forever like yeah. as long as i've been a pro like yep. i've been having this every year there's some sort of yep. d and i talk of yep. like let's fix this let's do that um so look man and that's not that's not to say people aren't trying because i know people are trying uh i know we're all trying uh, but we just have to stay at it and make meaningful impactful change but to, to to answer your original question of like well how will i feel better about my kids playing i i honestly don't know mm-hmm. I, I don't know yep i'm not sure yeah no no i appreciate you know the honest like I know how much shit and... my, my shit my nephew takes just for being my nephew. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, no, not, not absolutely. Only he, you know, he's black and then he's my nephew. So like, I, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I, we appreciate the, the honesty and, you know, being willing to have this conversation too, because yeah, um, it's, I think it's important. And I think you brought up a good point is we've been dealing with this for a while. This isn't new, you know, right now we're in a situation in America that it's kind of brought to the surface, which is good. Um, but it's also, again, like not, it's not a new conversation we've been having specifically in lacrosse as well. But uh, yeah, we appreciate your, your, uh, your thoughts on that. We're going to shift gears a little bit to our five and five segment. Um, but first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll get into that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today I also want to talk to you about Tomahawk Shades. Tomahawk Shades have an array of both quality sunglasses and blue light glasses at a fraction of the cost of popular sunglass brands. Their blue light glasses are perfect for guys like me who spend hours looking at a computer screen when editing. They also have a great collection of sunglasses with pro athletes like Kylie Olmiller, Kyle Harrison, Mike Chanichuk, and Chris Hogan repping the brand. So if you want a pair of the shades the pros wear, visit TomahawkShades.com and use the code PLT20 to save 20% on your order today. All right, so welcome back. Now we're going to dive into our 5 and 5 segment. So I'll do the lacrosse questions, Adam will do the -the off-the-field questions. And the first one we usually ask our guests is, what are some pregame superstitions or routines you have, and how have they kind of changed over time? Uh... Yeah, great. So in college, I was like crazy. It was like me and Benson would get up at the same time. He'd put on Phil Collins, start blasting our house. We'd go to the bagel shop, Eddie's. We'd grab our bacon, egg, and cheeses. We're in my Jeep, listening to music on our way to the field. And we are in the locker room at 1030 for our 1 p.m. game. Like that was it. And then I would go like, you know, I'm, I'm there. I get taped. I'd go out. Me and Paul would throw ball, like would dodge, throw it up, go down the alley, throw it back. He'd go shoot the other way. He'd come back up to it for me. So that was all. The pregame stuff, and I listen to my music, and I go. Uh, I think it's funny, man. When you turn pro, uh, because it's not as uh, routine mm-hmm. and like clear what's going to happen, it was harder to have like all of these crazy uh, pregame rituals. And so, mm-hmm. I I don't, you know, I, I FaceTime my wife and kids. Like we go out to warm up, right? So warm ups happen, then I come back in. And I FaceTime my wife and kids right before the game actually starts. I talk to them. That's like the must. And then the other one is I watch. Uh, I'll keep this one really brief here because people okay. can read it out. I like, um, it's partially because of my background of friends, but I have always been fascinated by 
people trying out for singing shows like America's Got Talent, uh, whatever. Help me out. America's Got American Talent. American Idol. Star Search was one. Way Star back Search when. back in the day. Yeah, so that was like the. But here's my obsession. As athletes, like we chase these moments, right? Like you chase like the the five, four, three, two, one jump shot. You chase the, you know, I got the ball in my stick over time. I got to make a play, right? But like watching those people, like everything in their life, like culminates in that moment of them trying out. Like if they hit a home run, they hit a home run, like their life changed forever. If they blow it, like it's a wrap. So like I've I've been fascinated by those. So I have like five or six of those that I just, like if you catch me in the locker room, dudes are listening to music. I'm literally sitting there (laughs) with my iPad or or, or phone watching these things uh, because I'm fascinated by those. So those would be my two. Watch those and then call my family. That's awesome. That's that's really unique. I don't think we've had anyone say something like that. Usually, I know Adam would watch highlights of uh, Dominic Kosick and uh, some other goalies, but um, yeah, that's that's a unique. William Hung on repeat, right? <laughs> Dog, he snapped. Snapped. <laughs> snapped. Uh, number two, what has been your favorite venue to play at? I know you've been to a lot in your career, especially ever? with ever. It can be LXM tour, it can be college, uh, high school um PLL. Oh, oh oh yeah yeah well hold on hold on hold on if it's my favorite field to ever play on it's homewood field homewood, there's, not a, there's not a better field yeah. so if that's the question i'd have to go with homewood gotcha. if it's like the one that's like the coolest uh ever i'd say probably <laughs> we'll stay with homewood i was gonna say it's a really dope there's like a couple dope fields overseas i've played on but like it, they don't compare to homewood homewood, homewood yeah we'll, we'll stay there yeah, it's no, fine. They, they, uh, I, I actually run the shot clock, uh, for Hop. So I, okay. I know like Ernie, Ernie Larosa. All, all yeah, yeah. I'm up there with Ernie all the time, and uh, I, I love, I love just like with the, the like apartment buildings and the townhouses. It's just, it's like the spot. The only thing that sometimes you can't play music. I think you guys had a problem with that. You can't play music after the time because some of the neighbors get yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, some of the neighbors get upset. Yeah, man, it's nothing. There's no place better. No, yeah, that intimate setting. Um, I'm excited to see. Hopefully, you guys go back there next year. I'm sure you will. Um, because it stinks that that was put on pause. That's usually the one me and Adam try to get to because he lives in Baltimore. Such a good game. We have family there, so we went last year. But uh, looking forward it to it in 2021. It, it was, was very you know, hot. Yeah, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Um, number three, I have is what is your current stick setup in terms of head shaft and stringing? I know you're STX sponsored. Uh, so yeah, you I'm back. With? So I'm back to the old stallion. Like okay. I've, I've played with the old stallion for the last 12 years. And last year, SDX had me play with that wide one. What's it called? The um, oh, um, Stallion 500, Stallion 500, I think. Maybe. I, th- I think I you're right, yeah. It. Yeah, so like I was, I'm back to the old stallion. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Awesome. Back to the old stallion. And then going off of that one, um, yeah. what has been your favorite piece of K18 gear that you've had over the years? I know, like, for me, I yep. always wanted the gloves. Um, I never K18 ended up getting two gloves are the okay. best product we made, for sure. I was like, There's, say, like, little pieces of each line that I like, like the ones, the threes, some limited edition stuff. But, like, my favorite product, the best product, was the K18 two gloves. Two sure. ones, Okay. Yeah, they were the, I think those were the, it was either the twos or the threes were the ones I really wanted. I would always make mock-ups on STX's site and in my like high school colors. I'm like, dad, I need these gloves. I need them. He's like, I just bought you gloves from Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm like, no, but I need the custom K-18s. <laughs> but it was, it was funny. Yeah. And then uh, number five, who's a player or coach that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? Oh, I mean, there have been tons. I think, um, 
you know, uh, AJ Hogan was the guy I watched and wanted to be. Um, Adam Doniger was a guy when I was in college, like I wanted to be him and, and just like literally attached to myself to him and just did everything he did. Mm-hmm. Then I became a pro and, and followed around Jesse Hubbard everywhere he mm-hmm. went um, and tried to take as much from him as I could. Uh, so I've, I've been lucky. Man. I'm just, I'm around, I think what you'll find with most guys at the pro level that make it here, everyone wants to like help the next person along, like try mm-hmm. and get them there. Uh, and I just had a bunch of dudes that did that for me, whether it was Mickey Jarbo for my short time with him in LA, Sean Lindsay, got to play with him in LA as well. Same kind of thing. Spencer Ford had a great bond with him in LA. Uh, again, Jesse Hubbard, when me and Brett got traded from New Jersey to LA, I can't remember what happened, but there was something that happened on the back end of that, that Jesse got traded out there too. So I got to annoy him for another year. Like <laughs> it was just, uh, I've, I've been lucky, man. That's awesome. Adam, you want to take away the off the field? Uh, this one's kind of loaded since, since you're a dad. So that's probably going to be the answer, but what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not uh, on the field? Uh, yeah, just hit the nail on the head. Just spending time with my family. I think um, I used to hoop a ton. Uh, now uh, I try and chill with that just mm-hmm. so I don't have some dumb injury happen heading into the season. Um, but yeah, man, I think you you get when you get get kids. I think what COVID has showed me is like you'll never get this time back, right? I got a two year old mm-hmm. and a five year old, and uh, they both do something new and different every day. So like when I'm not on the field or I'm not working, I'm, I'm with them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, number two. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, make this a, a current athlete because I know you're a big Jordan fan. So we're always curious. Favorite uh, non lacrosse athlete to watch? LeBron. I'll make it LeBron. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Don't even need to finish a question. It's not close. Easy. (laughs) It's not not close. Yeah, man. I mean, years years from – he's one of those dudes, man, that, like – this happened to Jordan a little bit, too, at one point. It certainly happened to Kobe. Like, we're not going to realize how special he really is and was until, like, 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. When you, like, take a look at some of the stuff he did, like, it just – it's out of control. Like, literally out of control. That's awesome. Do you uh, follow – do you have – uh, NBA squad because like there's no one like like the Wizards right? same as you yeah same as you yeah I'm, so I'm a Lakers fan just because I spent 10 years out there um yeah. but like growing up to your point like there's we don't have a Baltimore team the Wizards yeah. were like you know um so I was a Bulls fan younger with Jordan yeah. and then moved out to LA uh and like started going to a lot of games and so then became a Lakers fan and then now that I'm back here in Maryland like Still a Lakers fan. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. Like, where he could – in Miami, cool. I'm a Miami fan. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, cool. I'm a Cleveland fan. Like, wherever he is, I'm, I'm a yeah. fan. That's awesome. Yeah, I always mess with my wife because she, she lo- she's obviously from B-more, so she likes the Ravens and O's. And then she's like, go Caps, go uh, Wizards. I'm like, <laughs> I'm from Philly. I would never root for a D.C. team. They're like, <laughs> yeah, but it's – all right, this is coming from a Caps fan. It's different because we, Baltimore doesn't have a hockey team. Yeah, we don't, we don't have anything, man. We yeah. got nothing going for us. Go Skipjacks, right? Go Skipjacks. <laughs> yeah, go Skipjacks. What's the, the Skipjack? That was, uh, I think, the – there was Minor a league team. Oh, uh, minor league team. Box. Got it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, so they've never had a, a real pro team, but um, got it. Uh, I I wanted before Adam finishes uh the rest of these, I do want to go into too. I think it's interesting you hit that you would be a LeBron fan first before a team and follow him because that's kind of what you guys are doing in a way with the PLL. I mean, I've talked to a few people, my one youngest brother included, he didn't know that Miles Jones got traded to the Redwoods. I'm like, so you still like the chaos? He's like. No, I'm a Miles Jones fan. Yeah, know. You know, yeah. So it's 
it's interesting that you guys, I, I know when I talked to Paul the one time, right, in the article, when you guys first launched, it was kind of about that, like, you know, people are attracted to their favorite players now, and they don't have those city ties as much. And, you know, go, with you guys being a touring model, it kind of gives you that opportunity. I mean, my household is full of archers, whip snakes, chaos, yeah. now Redwoods fan. You know, it's like, it really doesn't matter it's who your favorite players are. So um, I think that's kind yeah. of interesting that the PLL has brought that. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's the reality of, of the current landscape, right? Like, I think if you, just like I said about LeBron, like, I think I'm, that that's not unique to me. I think a lot, bunch of people probably follow him around wherever he goes. Um, and so I think there may be a time where our sport gets there, where, like, there's this geo-based affiliation of, like, you know, in order to get there, I mean, a bunch of, without well, this could take a couple hours, so I won't go the long route, but, like, in order to uh have like that fan affinity in a geo-based scenario like you would need your players to all live in that one place and get involved in the community and then all of a sudden like then there becomes this bond between the team and the community and mm -hmm. like living and dying by everything that team does but since that's not the case right now our guys live everywhere um it's really tough to have that geo-based fan affinity thing going and, and to mm -hmm. your point like at the moment like folks are into following their favorite their favorite players and so uh the touring model works because folks are going to show up to see miles or rock Bob or Paul or Tom or Rambo or whoever it is mm -hmm. um, because that's their favorite guy. No, absolutely. Yeah, and speaking of kind of, you got to see a lot of areas last year. Uh, guys living all over, so you get to travel a lot. Favorite vacation spot? Uh, Paris. Paris. My wife and I went to Paris on our honeymoon uh, and we've been back since. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, I, don't, I don't know why that was like our spot in our head, but like we just, we just love it. Because we're not, we're, the thing is, this is crazy. So we're not beach people. Okay. We like don't, we live, we lived in Newport beach. We lived like, I can literally throw something to the beach. Probably went like five times over the course of like, 10 <laughs> wow. years. we're just like, we like, like looking at it or like yeah. actually going in it. Like I'm yeah. good. Um, yeah. And so yeah, Par Paris is probably our favorite vacation spot. Uh, I think the, um, what I'm hopeful of, I, we talked about this the other day. I'm hopeful that like now that our kids are getting like a little older, yeah. if we go to the beach, they're going to be like old enough to do an activity. Cause I think at the core, why I don't like beaches, I don't want to just sit out on the beach and just fry. Like that's yeah, not yeah, fun. Yeah. Right? Like I don't want to just sit there. And so cause I remember loving the beach when I was younger, um, like a kid. So hopefully now that they're a little older, we'll turn the corner and like we'll get back into beaches again. But for now, definitely Paris. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, they have a lot of good food in Paris. So I'm curious if this mm. is the answer to this one. Favorite meal and you prefer to take out or cook at home? My wife's an incredible cook. So definitely cook at home. Um, and my favorite meal, it's tough. I'm just, my favorite food is waffles, okay. like a big Belgian waffle. Um, but if, you had to, if I had to like pick a meal, she does like this nice crab cake, Brussels sprout situation. So okay. I'd go with that. Okay. I'd go with that. Good yeah, I'd go with that. And number five, um, what's a book you've read or are currently reading that you'd recommend to a friend or teammate? And we add a second part of this, since everyone's been stuck inside, we're adding like show or uh, movie since everybody's been binging a lot. Yeah, I actually have not, I haven't been reading as much as I'd like. There's a, there's a uh, Ryan Winhorst book on LeBron. Okay. It was, I can't remember the title of it, uh, but it's, it's literally been sitting on my desk since, since quarantine happened and uh, I've had a chance to make it to it. So I'll rain check that one, but okay. the show, Whew. let's talk about it. So there's a few things that I've been looking into recently. So I have a, probably like, like most people, we obviously have time at, at night right now with everybody being home. But so I have a kid that wakes up ridiculously early. Um, 
and then he just like wants to chill and lay on you and watch Mickey Mouse. So like I have like a hour window in the morning yeah. to uh, like 5 a.m. To, to watch whatever I want to watch. And so have you seen All American? Yeah, uh, so I've watched a few of it. I haven't been watching. My fiance's okay. been watching it. It's I good. Cru- so I cruised. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know the right word to say. It's entertaining, I'll say. Okay. It's entertaining. And it feels like um, it's – so what I keep getting caught up in is, like, the stuff that happens in the show is very real. Like, there's, like, uh, a, a, what a, a substance abuse. There's rehab. There's pregnancies. There's all these, like, very real things. And then I remember, like, wait – this is a high school show. Like these yeah. people are in high school. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And it's it's like based in L.A. and now we're in uh, in uh, what's it called in Crenshaw and in Beverly Hills. Like it's a, it's an entertaining show. So I'd say shows I've watched during quarantine. I'm all caught up with Billions, which is great. Yeah. Uh, all American is, is worth checking out. Me and my wife restarted The Office like a month ago, so that's obviously mm-hmm. always funny. <laughs> um, and there's one there's one more I'm, I'm blocking. Oh, did you watch Homeland? No. So, I just was told I about that, been. like, that to just start rewatching it. I just started it. I need, oh, I need you to watch, watch it. it? You've never okay. watched it before? No. no I've, not, I've never seen it. Bro. Okay. You guys we got me? it. We got it. That's no, next. Start, yeah, next time we talk, we'll, 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 we'll do a deep dive on Homeland. Okay. Later. Sounds good. Now, how many seasons Seven. are there? Are there four? Seven. 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 Oh, okay. Wow. Like it, it just, so it just wrapped for okay. good, like forever, okay. uh, I don't know, like a month ago. I, I like watching shows when they're completely done because I can just, I like, I like to see an end. Yeah. So I, that, that's perfect. I'll have to show check so that out. I'll, I'll so have to good. get started on it because the thing with my fiance is she goes through shows so quickly. I can never keep up. Like, yeah. she, I was like, I just, she's like, I just watched this new show, All American. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, can we watch the first couple episodes? Can I? So I can like She's get all season three. He's like, oh, I'm on season two. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, but that's how it goes. Anyway, cool. Homeland will be one that we'll check out. I'll, I'll like that. Please do. Please do. It's so good. So that, uh, that wraps up our five and five. We always get great recommendations. Right. Um, but we'd like to end on one final question before we let you go, Kyle. And we ask every guest this is, what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Everybody goes to camp. Everybody practices with their team. Everybody does a team lift. Everybody watches film with the team. If you are serious and like the dream is to play professionally, you have to separate yourself. You have to do more than that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be doing things after practice. You have to do it before practice. You have to be going above and beyond to chase this thing because everybody is doing the bare minimum, which is everything that the team requires you to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, lacrosse at this point professionally has gotten to a point if, if, if you don't do more, you won't make it. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Everybody is so good at this point uh, that if you are seriously chasing the opportunity to play professional lacrosse, man, you have to be willing to do everything to get yourself in peak shape to perform. So that's eating right, that's watching film, that's lifting, that's recovering, that's doing the whole deal. And you've got to get yourself into that rhythm, right? Because it doesn't, you can't just turn it on. I can't just be like, ooh, practice starts next week. I got to start working out. Like, no, no, this is like a full-time thing. Yeah. Uh, and you have to chase it. And so it's tough, man. Like, it, I, I say all the time to my nephew because he's, you know, he's chasing it right now too. Uh, I'm just like, just be aware, man. Like, it ain't easy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can, people say they want to go to Hopkins. Like, okay, shit wasn't easy. Like, okay, I yeah. get it. But yeah. like, just prepare yourself. Like, school's going to be hard. Lacrosse is going to be very hard. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not discouraging you, but let's like keep it a buck here. Like, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, but that that'd be my advice no that's awesome i we appreciate that and our young listeners i think certainly will too you know and it's great to talk to somebody that's 
you know, been a staple. I know growing up, I had your K-18 poster from STX on my wall and stuff. So it's pretty awesome for us to, to talk to you. And I think you've been a huge role model, both on and off the field. So we really appreciate your time, Kyle. I appreciate you, fellas. Let's do it again. No, for sure. For sure. And we look forward to watching you guys during the championship series on NBC. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a, uh, even more of a sprint, I think, this time around than oh, last season. <laughs> That's the last thing these old legs need, man. <laughs> well, best of luck with the Redwoods, Kyle. Roll Woods, baby. I'll catch up with you guys soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, I also want to talk to you about Design Tree. On our Design Tree store, we have several t-shirt designs like the Pro Lacrosse Talk tee I'm wearing today, our Blast Lacrosse shirt, Cross's Medicine shirt, and many more designs on the way. Design Tree is also home to hundreds of other t-shirt designs in the realm of sports and pop culture. To help support the podcast, please consider checking out our Design Tree store at dsgntree.com backslash pro-lacrosse-talk and grab a shirt today.